0: Welcome to Blog Talk Radio in high fidelity.
1: Welcome to the Along Came a Writer Network. Opinions expressed in our shows do not necessarily reflect those of the network. It's that time again, Geek Block heads. Put on your triple slippers and settle in for the Geek Block. I'm your host, Carla Hoke. It's my pleasure to interview not one, but two. You get a two for today. Um, author and illustrator, respectively, of the novella Blood Mercy Thicker Than Water, Janine Ippolito and Julia Busco. How are you today, ladies?
2: Doing great. I'm
1: doing pretty good. Yeah. Uh, okay. Did I pronounce everybody's name correctly?
2: Yes. Yes.
1: Yeah. Awesome. Yeah, it's more Jeanine-
2: Ippolito, but
1: most people go for Ippolito
2: because they figure it's you know better to go for that route but yeah
1: I get it you know what I actually mentioned it seems like I mentioned you in a show one time because I said your last name was really fun to say it is you have a very fun name it reminds me of the the movie Elf where he kept going Francisco because he said it was fun to say so that's how I feel Ippolito is very fun to say all right right off the bat how can folks find each of you on social media you first Janine Oh, man, I
2: am. I'm kind of an extrovert, especially online. So you can find me on my Facebook page at Janina Pulido. Um You can find me on Twitter um, at the it's actually at the quiet pen is my Twitter handle, which is kind of funny because I'm not that quiet. But at the time, I thought I was. Um, I'm on a website at Janina dot com and I'm on Instagram at Janina Polito. So look for Janina Polito, and you'll find me. Spell your last name kind for of the us. only one on the Internet. I-P-P-O-L-I-T-O.
1: Just like you say it, folks. You write it like you say it. And how about you, Julia? How can folks find you?
0: So I am not nearly as extroverted as Janine is. So the three, three places that you can find me, <laughs> yeah. The three places you can find me is on Facebook at Julia Busco Illustrator. And then Instagram It's also Julia Busco Illustrator. I think actually, no, Instagram is Julia Busco Illustration. And then my website is JuliaBesco.com.
1: How do you feel about social media, Julia? I, I have a feeling I know exactly how Janine feels about it, but how do you feel about it?
0: I find it very, very nice to be able to, to keep up with friends and to connect with friends. But I am both an introvert and by nature very shy. So I generally treat social media like I treat social gatherings, which is I sit in the corner and hope someone... Either talks to me or just kind of
1: leaves me alone. <laughs> so I, find very, very, very I find it kind of overwhelming. I find it very true. overwhelming sometimes.
0: I I avoid at this point in time. I have avoided Twitter because it's just, I don't even know how how to navigate all of that. So that's me why. It's like I'm with you. Now, I'm just gonna, <laughs> no no Twitter for now.
1: I I totally get it. Okay, how did you two meet? Either one of you just jump in.
2: Yeah. Well, um, we were both working at. A, oh, I was working at a classical school in Maryland, and um, I was the second year. I was working there as a fifth grade teacher at the time, and uh, they had hired a new art teacher, and that happens to be uh, Julia, who is again actually um, pretty quiet and uh, pretty shy. But I think it took us about six months to actually like sort of talk to each other more um, mm-hmm. than that. Because I'm. I'm not a shy person, but I'm kind of a very focused person. And at school, I'm like all about the kids and that stuff. So I'm not always great at like socializing with the teachers all the time because I'm there to, you know, work with the kids. Um, And so we kind of got to know each other a bit there. And somehow it came around the fact that we both really were into like mythology and monsters and vampires and things. And after that, it would kind of like, you know, blew up from there and, uh, we started talking a lot cause it's not, there weren't just many you could find, you know, in a. No, uh, there's not. People that want to talk about those
1: things. I know <laughs> so and when like, you do, yeah. I know when you find somebody that also likes the weird stuff, it's like a love connection from across the room. It really is like there's hearts <laughs> heart should come up from your head. Cause you find a kind of, a, you know, a fellow weirdo in the midst of everything. Uh, my daughter is yeah. in fifth grade at the moment and she wants to be an art teacher. So she has something oh. in common with both of you. Now, you both work <laughs> together at Uncommon Universes Press, correct, Janine? You're the president? Mm-hmm. Yeah. OK, are you currently seeking submissions? Tell folks about Uncommon Universes Press. OK, Julia. Tag you it or tag on it? The- Either uh, one. Tag you, tag you, you Yeah, Janine, you go. Are you looking for submissions?
2: Uh, yeah. Um, So we're actively um pretty much always taking submissions on a rolling basis um because we're already planning our schedule out for like you know we're looking at people for 2018 and everything Um, we plan on being around for a while um and what we're looking for is speculative fiction that has really strong interesting world building um really complex characters we're not really interested in sort of sort of flat action hero types we want people who have to like fight for stuff for real Misfits who are kind of against the world or have really like deep issues to deal with, and um, we love stories of good versus evil. We don't want just sort of something um, fluffy. We like things that people um, have to kind of really wrestle with um, issues, and we love humor with that. But we're not really your place for like fluffy chick lit, science fiction, or fantasy. I'm not even I sure if exists. You. And um, um. yeah. And we our big thing is um, we look for pretty much all genres at this point that kind of meet those criteria. But we also have a specialized imprint um, asylum press that is for supernatural suspense and for horror because it's. Something oh, OK. I didn't horror. know that.
1: Yeah. Yeah. OK. And so if someone wants to get in touch with you, it's Uncommon Universes, plural press. If they put that into Google, they will find you, correct?
2: They will. They will. And also find us at uncommonuniverses.com. dot com. Yeah.
1: All right, and Julia, tell folks what your role is there. Um,
0: I am the illustrator as well as the graphic designer. So any of the any of the graphics that you can see on either our website that are that are uncommon universes labeled or on our Facebook page, I either oversaw the creation of them or did them myself. Um, and then a lot what? of the book covers that we do, I do that.
1: I was just about to ask, and I know you do book covers sometimes, and you're kind of under the tutelage of the royal Kirk DuPonts, are you not?
0: Yes, yes.
1: All right, how has he helped you out? He's such a nice guy. What? How has he helped you with graphic design as far as covers?
0: Uh, he actually helps me a lot with text, so kind of points me in a good direction with, with either websites to get text or points out when they look Terrible. I had one cover where it was supposed to be like a sci-fi um, steampunk, and the cover text was more ladies' romance. So oh. he with that. Um, so that happened, and then just a general encouragement, um, which he—that's more of something that he does by nature, and not necessarily something that he yes. I may mean, realize that he's doing. But he's, he's right. very much an encouragement
1: you know I think people forget that and this is strange but it's true there are fonts that just kind of go with different genres is that correct Mm -hmm. Yes. okay that is so funny it really is a whole different world somebody had mentioned to me that they had written a romance book and I and you know wanted some advice and I said "I I know this sounds stupid but that is not my world. I don't understand anything about that world. You might as well be speaking a whole other language to me. Let me point you in the right direction. And they kind of looked at me because it was like, well, a writer is a writer. I'm like, no, no, you're you're basically an apple talking to an orange, truly. It's a whole different thing. Okay, now what about when chapters, when you have a new chapter and you happen to have, I don't know, some fancy scroll work around the chapter numbers or something like that. Julia, is that something you look at Generally speaking, yeah. Okay. I didn't know that. Um, you know, sometimes I didn't know if there was just kind of a patented template that people kind of worked with or if you looked at the story itself and said, you know what? This is what that chapter page should look like.
0: Yeah, it's more its more that. Just with books, like you'll have books where the format is every single start of the new chapter is on the same side of the page. Some that are just kind of like Wherever it will be is where it will be. So that's more of a, that's more of a personal, either a personal decision or an in-house choice. At least that's, that's how I've kind of viewed it with, with the chapter headings and the way that the fancy fonts
1: look. And you said, all right, and Janine said previously you were an art teacher, correct? Yes. Do you still, I, are you still in the classroom or have you ventured out?
0: I have ventured out. Um, I kind of I enjoy teaching and I enjoy sharing. Um, so I've, I've played around with the idea of going back and doing college actually, teaching higher education. But at this point in time, my life has led me to, to be in my studio working, doing personal work, doing UUP work and doing client work.
1: You know, I was just about to ask you that, Janine, do you all work together in the same area or do you work uh, from your homes in completely different places? Well, I guess if you taught at the same school, you're probably in very similar areas. Do you have an office or do you all work from home? OK,
2: so um, actually how that worked was um, we met in Maryland and then Julia went off to art school in Lancaster and I ended up moving with my husband to Meadville, Pennsylvania. So Julia and I are about five hours away from each other and I have an office up here. And uh, Julia has her studio in Lancaster. So we do a lot of stuff sort of over um, that long distance area. And then the third UUP member, uh, Sarah White, um, she's actually currently living um, in Meadville too. And so um, she she and I like work together there. And then we have meetings. It's nice because we can just have like one screen up and all of us talking and everything.
1: Distance really doesn't make a difference anymore. It's funny when uh, you think of people writing together, collaborating, you think they have to be in the same place. And when I interview more than one author at the time, it's funny. One will be in California, one will be in New York, and it's just never an issue. So you all just meet together online and it all works out, correct? Correct. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. And like we do
2: actually make an effort to try to like actually be in the same place several times a year. Um, We always really Mm -hmm. enjoy that. And so like we have like, you know, half mid year retreat that we just have like four or five days and we just hang out and talk business and personal that just to make sure we are on the same page with things. But otherwise, yeah, long distance.
1: See, I'm showing my age there. I have to see somebody. If I'm working with somebody, I need to be able to physically reach out and, and pop them on the head in order to be able to work with them. I, I, I don't understand the whole computer thing. Okay, Janine, do you do all your editing in-house, correct? Or do you ever contract work out? Work out? Um, We actually do a little bit of both. Um, Sarah and I are
2: both um, experienced editors and... Um, so, But in terms of things like I'm also we're running the business and everything, so we can't do everything ourselves. Right. So we contract out for, like, line edits um, and proof edits and those things. So I tell people, you know, that thing can be full of typos, and I've looked at it so long I'm gonna not, not going to see any of them. Like right. it's going to go impress. and I need to have, like, five people looking at it to make sure it's 99% perfect. I know we're going to find one typo in the proof copy, but, you know, trying to get as close as you can there. So we do hire out sometimes for content edits, and for line edits, but mostly, um, we try to keep it in house and we're, we're kind of picky about those things. We're kind of like, you know, follow people
1: for a round and see what they do. And then, you know, pop up and say, hi, can you work for us? So, yeah. So if a person does send you a submission, rest assured that they will be taken care of completely with all levels of editing, book cover, oh, yeah. everything, correct? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. We're very good. We, our
2: current plan is to only take on like five or six books a year max because we're just so picky and we like to stand behind each author. Like you don't just get here and then end up on a page and we forget about you. We like our authors are part of our family. We want to see what you have going out there. We want to put you on our tables at conventions and so you can consign through us. We want to do all those things.
1: Good. I love that. I love that you don't just take an author in and then say, good luck. See, ya. hope it goes well. That's fantastic. (laughs) Okay. Blood Mercy Thicker Than Water. It is actually a novella. And if you're not in the writing world, you don't understand that a novella is a bold move. You don't see many novellas out now. Explain to folks if they don't know what it is. What's the difference in a novella and a regular book? Size. Exactly. All right. Explain what a (laughs) novella is like. As far as word count, tell me what a novella is like in word count.
2: Um. Yeah. So a novella, it's pretty much just size. Like a novella is going to be maybe at the very shortest, twenty thousand words, and then at the longest, right. maybe forty-five thousand words. Like once you get to fifty thousand words, you start getting into really short novels. But yeah, novellas are just shorter novels and such. And um, we went for that partly because we just this was kind of our um really experimental piece. We wanted to see how it would turn out with that. And we also knew um. I'm on a tight schedule and I wanted to experiment with something shorter because I know that novellas are becoming more popular actually as people don't have as much time to invest in these giant books. And, right. um, and a fair amount of people have said, you know, I like your book because it's short. Now they've also said, I don't like your book because it's not long enough to tell me everything I want to know, but I like it because it's short. So it's like,
1: well, that's the trade off, you know. <laughs> well, but you know, if they want to know more, you won. You win if they want to know more, you win. I do like novellas and it's it's like exactly like you said, you know, sometimes I pick up a heavy book and I just look at it and I think I can't even. I can't. But if you had given me that same yeah. book in four different installments, you know, it's a whole different thing. Was there ever a point that you thought, you know what, I probably should make this longer or did you commit to the novella and say, "Nope, I'm going to do it."
0: Um I think we, we pretty much, for this one, we decided that a novella was a, was a smart way to go as we were doing so much with it that we weren't sure if it would even, like, handle uh, the audience, well, the, how the audience would take it. So right. we pretty much decided that a novella was a good move.
2: Yeah, I love it. That, I love that, the
1: concept <laughs> of novellas.
2: Yeah, because that short form really allowed us to really make a really a really tight story. And we wanted to make sure that we could, we had all this world building in place that we could do a really tight, really you know, fast paced page turning story. And then once we kind of had that out there, then we could really take some more time and explore more of the world that um, we went on
1: why did you decide to put illustrations in it i love that too i'm an illustration person and i'm not sure why grown-up books don't have illustrations in them we like illustrations too but what was it that you thought you know what let's go ahead and do it let's put illustrations in it personally
0: either um, one of you i i like the idea of pulling illustrations in it because as a as an illustrator primarily and then as a storyteller I love to be able to show people what I'm thinking. To be able to show people, right. this is what the this is what the characters look like. This is the world that they inhabit. And to add, in the the case of in the case of an illustrated novella, to use the pictures to add to the words. Um, right. And it's it's some of my favorite books have been actually have been illustrated novellas. Either. Uh, retelling of children's stories or even using that concept of a of a children's picture book for a story meant for an older audience like that that always interested me and, and the opportunity to do that with my own work was just it was an opportunity I wanted to take
2: mm-hmm. right and you know and what Julia's graphic t- novels go ahead Julia like graded a lot of stuff and so um, especially for this first one um, in terms of we were both co-creators of the story, but in this first one, we said, well, these characters are ones that Janine's most familiar with writing with. And so like that is really, that is, you know, her part of the storytelling and it's just as critical as what I do with the writing. Like you could not tell the story without the pictures and the writing. We really wanted a book that really used both those mediums together and really, um, showed that collaboration between them, not just sort of here's a picture as an add-on, but here's a picture to really help tell the story.
1: Well, you know, I was uh, graphic novels are making a comeback. And and folks, if you don't know what a graphic novel is, don't get stuck on the word graphic. It's only graphic in <laughs> that it shows you the story. You know, I, I mentioned that. Do you like graphic novels to somebody? And they looked at me like I had asked if they like porn. No, <laughs> it's just the story is told graphically. And you would think in the industry they would say, hmm, you know, these graphic novels are shell- selling off the shelves. Maybe we ought to put some illustrations in it. So I think it was I think it was a brilliant move for y'all to do. Did you confer on the illustrations or Janine, did you just hand that over to Julie and say, you know what? I trust you, run with it.
2: Oh man. Oh man. <laughs> I would We're say that the illustrations
0: <laughs> that was definitely <laughs> a group effort. Um, I would say that that uh she probably put more into it than she believes she did. He's without her sort of view of it of, well, this is a good picture. And I love all of them. But these are the ones that I think, show, show what we want to say or, or express the story best, like that. Yeah, like, I wouldn't have been able to do them without her.
1: I like that it should it. The illustrations, folks, if you're trying to figure out what we're talking about, it does not look like something that was made you know, from stock photo. So get that out of your head. You can tell that somebody sat down and I assume, was it pencil to paper? It looks like pencil, not charcoal. Is it pencil?
0: Mm-hmm. I work with pencil and then inks.
1: And so when you open the book and you look at the illustrations, like, oh, well, somebody drew that. So don't think that they're talking about stock photos in here. Okay. Janine, tell listeners about the story, Blood Mercy, Thicker Than Water
2: okay so the blood the story of blood mercy thicker than water is set in a world where we kind of reinvented the vampire myth um as a blood disease and as a condition that people are born with you can be a carrier of this kind of blood condition sort of like having hemophilia or having anemia and that people who have this condition need blood either they're going to try to drink it or they're going to get transfusions they need it they don't have enough of it and we kind of use that as a way to introduce vampires, um, because you have the people who use medical transfusions and then the people who are like, you know what? The world has done me wrong. I am, you know, I'm sick, this isn't fair. I'm going to just hunt other people down and just do everything I can to kind of lash out at this and go that path. And so the main character of this story is actually um, an ex-vampire who actually was able to stop becoming a vampire and went back to taking transfusion. So again, going back to it, it's an addiction. And, um, he's head of all these people called the blood kinds who have this condition, but are choosing, um, to use the medical treatments and everything. And what he finds out is his wife, who'd been lost for, um, five years, he's been searching for her. Um, he finds her, um, on the streets and she has become a vampire and she's like out of her mind, crazy. And she's talking about all these like crazy things about how this, evil bad guy is going to destroy the city and have that double layer where he's trying to figure out what went on with her both personally because you know she's been gone for five years and this is his wife and he loves her but she's crazy and lusting after blood but also because she is talking about the destruction of this city and as the leader he needs to figure out and solve that problem before it actually happens.
1: I love that you did handle it as a virus. For one, I'm a biology nerd and I love viruses. Every virus has its very own personality. And if you look at a virus as a personality, you know, it has its symptoms. Well, that's its personality type. But, you know, it's kind of like that with your vampires and your story because every strain kind of had its own personality. Explain that. Yep.
2: Um, that actually came out of um, my background. I have a lot of experience and sort of, through different things in my life with different um, mental health issues and mental conditions and those things. Um, I personally have sensory processing disorders and things like that. And so, um, because it was a virus, I wanted there to be side effects and I wanted to have different strains that had different side effects with them um, because that can happen. You can have, I think it's like, you know, comorbid conditions and things like that. Right. um, Different strains kind of became different houses, the main character has OCD, and like he legit has OCD. Um, it's quite detrimental to how he functions. Sometimes it's not quite, I mean, it's not sort of like Mr. Monk here, it's like when it really gets to him sometimes. And um, the different characters have these different things they struggle with. And I just thought that'd be a great way to again, kind of de glamorize the idea of vampirism, take it more into the medical side. And also, right. um I was looking for something very personal, because having kind of grown up in the situation, having relatives that have gone through um, different um, mental health issues and knowing how things kind of go together. I wanted something to kind of, to speak to that and to have, you know, those misfits in a story, right? Um, trying to be heroes at the
1: same time that they're dealing with these issues. And so did that kind of give you the idea for the story? What was the impetus for this story? Oh man.
2: <laughs> oh <laughs> gosh. I think it was we wanted to actually um, we were talking about vampires and we had this crazy idea once we were like at the school sometime. we were like, wouldn't it be awful if you had someone who was this devout Catholic and was changed against their will into a vampire? And we were like, wouldn't that like what would you do? Like if that was just what if it was a condition where they, you know, it wasn't something that was a spiritual issue. It was something where it was a condition, but this person who had, you know, was so devout into this belief suddenly had to deal with becoming the very thing they were, they had, you know, not wanted to be the right. whole time. And Julia kind of loved that idea. And you know, um, <laughs> kind of, so I ended up writing for, the story.
1: So the plot came yeah, the the first chapter.
2: Yeah. The first chapter, the uh, vampire's confession, where you have this vampire going to confess to a priest in the dark because She doesn't even want to see his face, but she feels the need to confess. That was, uh, that came out of Julia and my conversations and.
1: (laughs) Okay. Have either one of you ever visited New Orleans? I know this seems kind of off, but it has something to do with this. Have you, either of you ever been to New Orleans? Um, it's a place I want to go someday, someday. And. Okay. I know. Yeah. This is the place for you to go. Yes. And y'all need to go together because New Orleans has a very, you know, it kind of has a voodoo background and it has a vampire background and all of it is very much tied up in Catholicism. It really is. There's a, a grave that you can go to Marie Laveau and she was big into voodoo and they say, well, it, she didn't do voodoo dis- despite being a Catholic. It was part of her Catholicism. So that really, mm-hmm. if either one of you ever gets to go to New Orleans, my husband was raised outside there. So I've been there. Um, go. Because I'm telling you, this story is just straight. It, it seems like something would be plucked right off the streets in New Orleans. Okay, now there will be another installment, correct? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> um, how many
2: oh, do yeah. you <laughs> <laughs> have? How you many are you planning? How many are you planning?
0: Uh, well, of this current group, at least four five. So far, I like think
2: that. I think yeah I think we're gonna have like four total yeah yeah okay
1: and, then we have and to when, will <laughs> when will number two come out when will number two come out oh October
2: it's coming out October. in October um because the collaboration with that it does you know it, there's shorter works but at the same time they take a lot of work and a lot of collaboration to get them out especially with the illustrations and so right yeah. no No book is an easy task
1: task. yeah no book is an easy task I I heard someone say the other day well you know my kids have an author coming to their school but you know anyone can write a children's book and I just about (laughs) fell on the floor oh yeah yeah books are so easy to write yeah no no big deal (laughs) well it is hard it's very hard when you write a novella and you're setting the price for it do you think okay this is a shorter book so maybe I should charge less, but at the same time, it's a book, you know, and it costs money to make. How did you try to figure out the price on that? I know that's kind of the business side of things, but that's something people don't realize that you actually have to sit and think, Oh my gosh, what are we going to do about this?
2: Yeah, we go through a lot of that behind the scenes. I know with this one, especially cause um, you know, Julia rightfully was like, I put, you know, blood sweat tears and effort into all the illustrations. Right. And I was like, yeah, I know. But I'm, I think it was ended up being something where um, we kind of had to find a happy medium because in terms of the business marketing end, that's what kind of go out into the world. I'm like, okay, well guys, I know we did it this way, but the readers aren't going to entirely like appreciate that. So we've modified the price point a bit to try to make sure that it was a price point people could also could, would be willing to pay, but also not something that was underselling ourselves. Like I think, you know, knock on wood, Julia, this one's never going to be parma free. Um, I don't think, because yeah. <laughs> we just put too much in it. We're like, yeah, no, like it, it, at a certain point, there's so many free things out there and stuff. We're like, you know, we're going to sort of stand for this one actually being worth something, you know. Right. But um, we did well, just yeah, drop the price of a dollar, but yeah.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Just People forget most, that. Most, yeah. People don't realize that when they buy a book and they sit and they hold a book and it's their hands that individual book It costs a whole lot of money to make that book It's not just somebody sitting down typing it out and saying there you go slap it out there You have I mean you've Mm -hmm. talked about all the different levels that go into it You have editors and you have cover designers and you have all these things have to work together So I I thought that was very interesting and if I ever write a novella I will be tugging on your ears on the price point Okay, um (laughs) Tell folks how they can buy Blood Mercy Thicker Than Water. Where is it available?
2: OK, so you can get it on, let's see, Amazon and Barnes and & Noble. And mm-hmm. you okay. can also get it through our website, actually, if you want to buy like exclusive autographed copies. Um, you can buy it their website. We're in the process of doing a website redesign, which will actually let us do some online storefronts um, through our website itself. But um, those are the three places you can find it uh, currently.
1: And tell pr- people if they would like to submit to Uncommon Universes Press, how can they go about doing that?
2: Well, they got go to our website, t- look at our submissions page. Please look at our submissions page. It's all there on Uncommon Universes Press, Uncommonuniverses.com. Um, and please look at everything because it makes our acquisitions editor very, very happy when you read all of the requirements on there. We only take um, finished manuscripts. And um, the way we roll is that we do like them to be as polished as they can, but we're also going to offer editing and we're willing to take, you know, if we see something really, 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 really good that is a bit rougher on the edges, we're willing to take a chance on it. But, like, that's not – every day that we do that so right just, you know give yourself a really good self edit. make sure that it's decently tight before it goes dust, and then we put it through the whole process
1: and folks if you don't do go to uncommonuniverses.com, you will see submit as one of the tabs at the top of the page is that correct julia is that where you put it
0: yes i believe we have a submissions page. Yes, we do. Yeah, there's a, there's a
1: tab at the top. It seems like it's really visually friendly. It's very easy to find.
0: Yeah. We definitely (laughs) want to make sure that that people don't have questions.
1: Yes, Right. Okay. Well, ladies, we are almost out of time. Almost. It is a tradition on the geek block to end the show with rapid fire questions. Are you ladies ready?
2: Oh, let's go for it. (laughs)
1: Oh, is that your answer? Oh, okay, Julia. Best vampire. Best vampire, the Count from Sesame Street, Marceline from Adventure Time, or Count Chocula? Oh, man. I'm going to have to go with Count Chocula. Thank you. Oh, he is delicious. Okay, Janine. (laughs) Janine, worst to sit next to on a transcontinental flight, Nosferatu, the Vampire Lestat, or any vampire from Twilight?
2: Um. Well, I'm actually gonna go for I'd not want to sit next to Nosferatu because like Twilight Vampires, you know, you kind of feel you could you could take them now and then and stuff, yeah, but like Nosferatu, yeah. that's, that, that's a real bad guy. There, I'm. I know. No, like, really cool I'm
1: not. I don't want to sit next to him. Nope. Yeah. Super <laughs> creepy. All right, Julia. True or false? There is a Dracula ballet. That diddy sounds diddy. crazy enough to possibly be true. It is true. The Alberta Ballet <sighs> Company has a Dracula ballet. It is not running oh, yeah. currently, but in 2016, it was there. Okay, Janine. How did we not know that? True this? or false? I know. How did you really, not know that? Been... I know. True or false, yeah. Janine? Drinking human blood mm-hmm. can kill a regular person. Um,
2: I'm going to go with. Well, this one, I actually, I know it's true. It, it won't kill you immediately, but it will kill you if you keep drinking it. We're not meant to digest it.
1: Absolutely. Your body can't digest it, and it can cause an iron overdose. It can give you all kinds of problems. All right, last but not least, and this is for the both of you, worse superpower, superhuman strength only while wearing an unflattering swimsuit, or the ability to stop criminals only by spraying them like a skunk. You go first, Julia, which is worse? I think the skunk one is worse. I think. I, what about you, Julia? I think. Oh, I'm sorry, Janine. So what about you, Janine? I don't,
2: I don't know. Like, I don't know. I'm, I'm okay with, like, the, the skunk thing because they're criminals, you know, whatever. It's kind of part of the That's, what they, at the time. <laughs> That's what they get.
1: Yeah. What they get. So you have a problem with the unflattering swimsuit. <laughs>
2: Whatever. I've already I've had unflattering swimsuits. Okay, I've lived oh, that. I don't you know. What? I don't <laughs> They're all
1: every swimsuit is unflattering. That's all there is to it. So why not have superhuman strength in the midst of it? Okay. <laughs> Thank you so much, Janine and Julia, for joining me today. Can I have you back for the second installment?
2: Absolutely.
1: Yeah, totally. great. And, t- and and do you know and what's the title of the second one? Do you have the title already? Go for it, Julia. Yes.
0: Uh, it is Blood and Mercy, The Darkest Stain.
1: Awesome. And that comes out in October. That's when we should be looking for that. Yep. Most definitely. Yep. Most definitely. And there will be illustrations, correct? Oh, yes. There will be illustrations. Good. Good. Okay. Thank you so much, ladies, for joining me today. I look forward to seeing you both at Realm Makers. Let's definitely get together and make fun of vampire stuff together. Absolutely. That's, that's <laughs> something that has to be done. Okay, that's it for us today on the Geek Block. You can check out my blog at uh, fightright.net to learn how to make your fight scenes accurate. And if you would like me to edit your fight scenes, go to Quill Pen Editorial. Next month, I will be chatting with N.J. Donner, author of The Blue Moon Narthex. Until then, God bless and stay weird.